Iowa everywhere. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Hello, welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. Monday, the 16th of October. (laughs) Hassel, you look so tired. My name is Chris Williams. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Hassel. You look like uh, you look like you just crawled out of bed. How are well, you? Well, I, I did. Um, I it, 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 thank you for pointing this out. Yeah, I I slept later today than I normally do on podcast days because I'm I'm off of TV today. So um, I slept in a little later. Uh, I can push taking the dog to the park until after the show. Um, I also stayed up later last night. I watched the the Bills Giants game. I I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, but I flew across the country to Seattle. Yeah, you old um, jet lag. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't get the first class experience on the way back, so that might be playing into this a little bit. Poor bastard. Yeah, I was only in Delta Comfort, and uh, man, it was it was an odd experience. There there were there were a bunch of people that took their shoes off that were just in socks. So there was nobody in the middle seat between me and the person on the window. This well, girl, that's, a, that's good. This girl took her shoes off, had her socks up on the seat between us, just her sock feet sitting on the seat between us. So like, did she have her legs up over the yes. armrest for part of the time? Yeah. Cause she was that like seems sleeping rude. She was sleeping like the whole uh, trip. And then I get up to go to the bathroom and this woman cuts me off with her kid, proceeds to walk super slow to the restroom, and then let her kid go first, then go herself, didn't say anything to me. And again, this woman was only wearing socks. She walked into an airplane bathroom wearing nothing but socks. Did she blow it up? No. But there was someone near us that had just horrific gas for for the last hour of the flight. It was it was horrific. Before we get into the games, so, I had so to that's talk to why you about that. that's why I might seem a little bit um, a little, off. little bit tired. Yeah. So you you're flying out there on Friday night. You got your first class, mm-hmm. and you send me this. This elitist photo of you in first class. You're watching the Tulane game. You've got a glass of what appeared to be like a bourbon, old fashioned of sorts. Yep. And you're eating this like shrimp salad on the you're flight. Talk about all this without showing the picture. I mean, shouldn't uh, you have could... like shown everybody the picture so people could see what you're talking about? Uh, did you send that how... to just me, or did you send it to Van Winks too? No, I wasn't on that. Okay, I, I I didn't think Van Wings could handle it. Oh uh, well, I'll, I'll find the picture. It's a little and I'll, too high brow. But my I guess my my entire point was that I thought it was a really dangerous deal for you to um tackle the shrimp on the nah. flight. See, look, Chris, when you're it's flying sentient. Delta first class, like you, you don't, don't know where that shrimp's about, been. Is it you cooked? You don't need to worry about. 
you know, stuff like that. That's that's kind of third world airline stuff. Like you wouldn't get shrimp on a Spirit flight. But this is we're talking Delta first class. <laughs> I love how you're eating shrimp on the airplane when you were heading to the place where you can get the best seafood ever. You can just waited like two hours to get well, to Seattle. I, I disagree with that, Matt. I think the best seafood's down here in uh, on the East Coast, South Florida. I, I I like the seafood here a little bit more than up there. But I did get some some nice seafood up in up in Seattle too. It was a it was a fun trip. Did, do you want me to send you the picture again so you can? I, show? I sent it to Matt. Matt should have oh, okay. it. Okay. Text yeah, because it's, I mean, it really, I, I thought it was a kind of a cinematic masterpiece that I took, wide angle. And I know you, you set that thing up for the photo, that tray, perfectly. And you're like, oh, I got to wait for the commercial to get done, because these guys have to see that I'm watching football on the yes. flight. Yeah, uh, to, be, to be honest. <laughs> this was Hassel's flight right here. There's the yeah, little shrimp, little, uh, I mean, it was kind of like, a, and there was like a potato salad in there. there. There was a cookie that I didn't eat. Um, there was, uh, do you see that little right next to my drink, which was a, uh, bourbon ginger ale. There's a little thing of balsamic vinegar slash oil that, uh, in, in a little kind of hotel bottle there. It was, it was, uh, it was quite so something. So the, the flight attendant brought you that? Cause I thought maybe you'd yeah. gotten that in the airport and then just brought it onto the flight. No. They actually serve food on these flights? D- Williams, I'm flying first class on a six-hour flight with Delta, I've never been on a, a flight where they serve food like for real. I always man. thought that was just in like the nineties. You, you got to live, man. You got to live. One time so, I flew first class. We were flying to the Bahamas, and we had mm-hmm. a connection between Miami, and, not to the Bahamas, to um, Jamaica. And we had a connection between Miami and Jamaica, and we got like this free upgrade. But and Miami to Jamaica isn't very long, so no, it was like forty-five minutes. Yeah, so like we didn't even get to experience it. But um, it was like we were we had like our own room in this first. It was weird. It was like a cubicle. <laughs> it was crazy. We had like a TV. Like you could put your feet up. Like it was it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. I didn't even want to get off the flight. I didn't even want to go to Jamaica. And for forty-five right minutes, in. that's all you got. Damn. <sighs> All right. it, was, it, it was fun. It was it was a nice uh, it was a nice experience. Um, and and the well, I think we'll talk more about it. But it was a great trip out there. But we, what a weekend, huh? Yeah, great My weekend. God, Iowa and Iowa State win. You've got fifty five thousand at Kinnick for Caitlin Clark and the women's team. Really, really fun weekend. Great weekend, and uh, we'll get to all that. I want to thank our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery for being our presenting sponsor, as always. We are in the Channel Seed Studios. I have my my channel uh, pullover on today. You see that? Uh, shout out to the fellas and uh, ladies, too, at Channel Seed and all the great farmers who are out harvesting bright and early this morning, I am sure. We will, um, yeah, we got all that to get to Iowa and Iowa State, both with wins. Um, I, I think that the, the Iowa game was fascinating in, in the sense that Eric all gets hurt. So you're down quarterback, what, three tight ends now, a running back. And none of it really seems to matter. <laughs> the offense isn't really any different than it was prior to these guys being out. And then, you know, I want to talk about this with Iowa State, too, when you factor in everything that they lost in the offseason, the fact that they're sitting at a 3-1 and spot in the Big 12 right now is just 
It's just really pretty incredible the job that they've been able to do after that Ohio game and and everything. But yeah, it's um, so, not very what, not very often, Chris. We have these shows where everybody's just happy. And what I find interesting is that both of these teams have kind of turned around their seasons in different ways. Now Iowa, Iowa wasn't down in the doldrums like Iowa State was, but coming off that Penn State game. It, it it was looking bleak. I mean, there were people saying, oh, they're only going to win eight games. Um, how are they going to how how are they going to win? They barely beat Michigan State, and this did not look like a game they could win. Iowa turned things around by just doing the same thing. <laughs> they they didn't change. They didn't change anything. They know who they are, and they just kept doing it. And they're 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 still winning. Iowa State did it. By completely changing. And now both of these teams heading into late October feeling great. Iowa State 3-1 and one heading into the bye. Iowa 6-1 and one overall. And you're looking at the rest of the games on the schedule after beating Wisconsin. And, and you're thinking, this could be an 11-win team. <laughs> and they don't have to do anything through the air. They're in the driver's seat in the division. Now you've got the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. You win out. You win the division. You go 11-1, and one and you look at the teams on the schedule. And I think the scariest game remaining is probably Nebraska. And I know there are people out there that are, and, and I've been one of these people for the last couple of years. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm not going to do that this week. They beat Wisconsin. I'm going to be 100% positive so about the Iowa Hawkeyes this is where my um my kitchen refresh thing was a couple weeks ago where I was just like just enjoy it like you're you're gonna go 10 and 2 or whatever just enjoy it and deal with next year when it comes are, are you at that spot now I'm at it felt that like spot. a lot of Iowa fans were after this game for this week I'm at that okay. spot I'm not saying I, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I won't dip back into that like okay geez that was you know if they beat Wisconsin Seven to six, or I'm sorry, Minnesota seven to six. But for this week, they beat Wisconsin. That's all that matters. Wisconsin is has been the team for Iowa to compete against for the last couple of decades. And I know they've got a first year head coach, and 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 they're not great either. But I think it's pretty clear now. Iowa's the fourth best team in the Big Ten. We were asking that question. Who, who is it? Yeah, I mean, because there's a clear line of demarcation. You know, it's the who top three and everybody Maryland. else. I think Iowa would. Yeah, probably now. What did Maryland, Maryland do this past this week? Didn't Maryland yeah. just get beat by some yeah. slapdick? Who'd they lose yeah. to? Illinois, right? Oh, so I'm Jesus. saying so they fell off. Yeah. So I, I think Iowa's the fourth best team in the conference. They went in. That you get the one big play, you get the one big run, and then they just shut the door. And God, Sebastian Castro, that guy is just everywhere. He was great. I'm laughing at Dino. So now, like, it's just you guys have just changed course so quickly. Dino says, "I hope Iowa wins every game seven to six now." <laughs> That's what I've been trying to say. Just embrace it. Like this is how it's going to get done. Like they're not going to. Yeah. Especially now with all these injuries, though, because you have to right. dig in now. You have to dig in now with with all these guys out. I I haven't seen an update on all 
yet, but I'm assuming that he's out for the foreseeable future. What I you, what I'm surprised at is you that don't have the Iowa, horses to score. Though is my point. They've been able to run the football and they pop have. a few these last couple games, and I don't get it. Like if I'm the opposing team, I am livid that this is happening. If I'm Purdue, if I'm Wisconsin, how are you letting this happen? There's that's the only way this offense can beat you is if they pop a big run and and you're letting it happen. There's no way they can hurt you through the air. Mm-mm. How are you not just stacking the box and attacking that? And I, and I think they're trying to. I, I don't think that Iowa is, is having this success because everybody's dropping oh. back on them. That's not the case. They're not like consistently running the ball, but they're able to pop a couple, which mm-hmm. is and that's all it is, takes for Iowa. Yeah, it's, well, and, and especially in this game on Saturday, Saturday, because when Mordecai went out, like it was a formality. I thought Iowa was going to win that game seven zero at that point. Like I didn't think mm-hmm. anything else would happen. Iowa would just keep doing what they do. Tory Taylor, jeez, is Amazing. it? I've said this before on the show. Is it possible that he's underrated? For what he does for this team. Like, I'm talking nationally. We talk about him a lot. I think he's the most underrated player in college football when you look at what they're trying to do and what they're doing, the importance that he has. Like, if he's averaging 40 yards per kick and there's three inside the 20 there, they don't win. By the way, can can we stop with this stupid inside the 20 stat for punters? I talked about this on the Learfield broadcast a couple of weeks ago. Inside the 20, that's... That's 20, 30 years old. Give me an inside the 10, inside the 5. Like inside the 20 doesn't do much for me, especially when you're a team like Iowa, you're punting from midfield all the time. But <laughs> this is a guy who you were making fun of a few weeks ago, the most famous punter in America. Now you're saying he's going to be underrated? The, you're, the most famous punter in America yes. is underrated? Yes. As far as his importance goes to a six and one team, I think he's underrated. I well, I think I think his importance to this team. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because they need him. You you can't play this way and not have a punter who's taking advantage of it and pinning these guys deep all the time. You know, if you're going to play this way, you've got to have a great punter, you've got to have a good field goal kicker, and you've got to have a great defense. And it didn't look that way the first few games of the season. I wasn't convinced this defense was 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 great. They, they got might all the be. above. They get might all be. The above. I, They've gotten better. A lot better. And, and Sebastian Castro just broke out. I mean, that's that's a great story. The guy just toiling basically on the scout team most of his career. Wasn't even a starter last year at age 22. And now finally turns 23 over the weekend, and he's just all over the place. He he reminds me of a of a Tyler Sash type player that's just always around the ball, always making plays like that. And he certainly was in the Wisconsin game, but but that wasn't the only game. He's he, he's been great all season. We'll get to the Minnesota game here coming up. I want to hit on Iowa State, and then we'll we'll kind of circle back. Uh, but Iowa Minnesota the total. Opening total for that game was 31 and a half. I think it's now bursted up to 32 at Circa. So really expecting a barn burner for all of it. If you all, uh, whoever said you wanted it to be seven to six next. Uh-oh. 
Oh boy, we Williams. lost Williams. <laughs> Jeez, he's he gone. He just disappeared. Yeah, I've never seen that happen. Oh, he's back. <laughs> what the hell? What I went to read Van Winkle's private chat and I accidentally left the stream. That was my my. my oh boy, there. the ghosts are after him. Yeah, Van Winkle no, but, is is sending you private messages. Um, yes. This Anyways. is weird now. So you left and now oh whoa, geez, now you flipped. You were to my my apologies. To the other side. My apologies. Uh oh. Iowa State goes on the road and really hammers Cincinnati, Chris. I'm assuming you've Jeez. got to watch the game by now, but that, that game was never really in question. Um I mean the the scoreboard it was a couple of scores, but like Iowa State just really dominated this team. Uh I I thought I, I texted a friend after the first two possessions, and I said Iowa State's going to win by 17 just because you could see at the line of scrimmage they had such an advantage. Uh, they were really, really beating up on them. It, it Biggest moment old. in that game, Chris, was early on when Emory Jones had just an easy touchdown pass and totally whiffed. He had a guy running wide open behind yeah. the defense, and he that overthrew was the first him by possession. five yards. That would have been a 70-yard touchdown. And he overthrew him, and after that, it was over. Well, and I wanted to point out too, we've we've hammered them for special teams for a long time on this show, and the fake field goal that Iowa State called, mm. I, I thought, really changed the game. Uh, you were looking to going up six at that point. Instead, you call a fake field goal, end up putting it into a two possession lead. But they had a fake field goal, two really big kick returns. Good punting, and it's. I'll, I'll give you the floor, Chris, because you're you're the big margins guy here. You're the Iowa fan, but they're they're winning in the margins, and they're they the last two weeks they've they've been great on every facet of it, except defense. First half TCU wasn't great, but they cleaned it up, and finally that defense is it's not perfect. It's not as good as it was last year. Still, I don't think, but it's back to a point where. You know, it's a really respectable group, and they—they're just—they're not turning the football over. Uh, they're not screwing it up on special teams, and your margin for victory is just a lot higher when you're not giving the game away like that. Winning in the margins—that's that—that's what he preaches, and that's that's what Iowa State has been able to do these last few weeks. The defense has turned things around after a really sluggish start. The offense. The way that they're playing isn't putting the defense in bad situations like it was early in the season. Rocco Becht has proven that it doesn't matter how short you look standing up <laughs> with the with the second string quarterback. I mean, this guy this guy looks good. Like he does not look like a first year starter. No. I mean, how much better is he than than Deckers? He's so poised. That's the thing. He just mm-hmm. he's thrown some picks this year sure. but they're not like horrible decision picks for the most part it's you you know tough break or you squeezed it in too tight whatever but he's just you know he was 15 to 25 but he, he throws a lot of balls away have you noticed that like mm-hmm. he he Brock Purdy does the same thing for for that matter I mean for an Iowa State comp like Purdy will chuck the ball out out to avoid a sack or an interception, and Beck does that a lot. Iowa State's four and zero, where where he hasn't had a turnover, so clearly that's a catalyst to what they're doing. But I here's what I love the most about their game plan, 
on Saturday is they rolled him out. They got him involved in the running game. They had some specific quarterback runs that were in the playbook. They were doing a lot of that read option stuff early in the year, which I don't like with a young quarterback that's not specifically a runner because I just think you're putting more uh, decision-making mm-hmm. on the young man. What they did on Saturday is they called design quarterback runs where he knew exactly where he was going, and he was pretty effective with it. So, And then did you notice – at the end of the game, I don't, I haven't watched it back yet. They were up, I want to say they were up 13. It was the last possession that they scored, and I was, I would have bet you anything that they were going to run it three times and punt the ball just to kill some clock and give it back to Cincinnati. And they came out throwing. They threw on like three of their next four plays and they went right down and, and scored a touchdown. So I, I'll give Travis Hines credit. He he wrote in the Des Moines Register that they were playing to win. Yeah. You know, they went out there Wait they, for the they tried to slit their throats there in the second half and that's exactly what they did. And and did you notice at the start of that game, it was a really good atmosphere. Student section was packed. They were ready to go. I was impressed. And then when Iowa State the game was sold out. Yeah. It, when Iowa State started to take control of that game Second half, weather gets bad. Man, that place emptied in a hurry. Those 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 students especially got the hell out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State with a really impressive. I I wanted to pick Iowa State. I did. I just didn't. I thought it was too good to be true. Uh, the the two wins that they had in conference were at home. I just. I, I didn't see a world where they could go into the bye week at three and one and basically sitting they're second place in the Big Twelve right now, right? By themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. I, that is just stunning, C- considering where we were in that state a month ago in that state of Ohio, with <laughs> with Campbell looking to fight a fan who's telling him he's on the hot seat. <laughs> After that was the worst loss of the Campbell era. That was that was the low point of the Campbell era. Can I do my um I want to do my Kelderman bigger, bolder, better here. I'm gonna give Matt Campbell a little credit because I want to put we it better in lay out. Here, here. Bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. You've never Williams, you've never once said that right, by know, the way. You're bigger, always better, like better, bolder. But, all right, I'm gonna do the bolder, bigger, better. <laughs> I was just making fun of myself in my baller. So I want to put into perspective Campbell's the situation here. They're playing seventeen true fre- or not seven total freshmen, so that includes red shirts, okay. You said seventeen total freshmen? Seventeen freshmen every week are playing right now. Hmm. This gambling deal. They lost their starting quarterback, starting running back, starting tight end, starting right tackle, and starting nose guard in the offseason. So I guess my my point to where they were in that Ohio game, when you look back now in hindsight, because I had a caller call into postgame. I thought it was a great call. I wish I remembered who it was. I think, I think his name was Grant. And he said, I've never seen a team – improved this much because he was making the same point as you, Chris, of, man, mm-hmm. do you remember how bad they were against Ohio to where they are now? And, you know, it in hindsight, you look back at it, and you're, when you're playing this many freshmen, that leaves a lot of room for improvement, especially when it's your quarterback and, you know, 
So I, I just think Campbell, this is this is one of his best coaching jobs that that we've seen, and he's he's done a lot of good ones during this tenure. But not only the the freshmen, but you look at the guys that they lost with that gambling thing, which we're kind of starting to learn. It feels like every day our friend Keith Murphy's putting out a new detail on that gambling thing and how big of a does that. Somebody put in the comments earlier, kind of cool that both of our teams are doing well considering what they had to deal with all off season. Sure, but. Yeah, I'm going to put Matt Campbell uh, for my bigger, better boulder for this week because I, I think that it – I'm not sure that we all realized exactly a month ago how big of a chore that is playing with young guys like that and now to be able to turn it around with them. And now you look at it and it's like, man, if you can just keep them all, right, with the portal and everything like that, in this new Big 12, mm-hmm. it's been my point for a while, I think Iowa State sets up really well in football with the rest of these programs. They're punching at their own weight, and we've seen that the last couple weeks where I don't think, you know, TCU did go out and beat up on BYU. That surprised me. I didn't think they'd do that. That backup quarterback threw for like 450 yards or something like that. And then, you know, this Oklahoma State team that they beat has now won two in a row. This is kind of where Iowa State belongs, and I think they can do really well as long as Campbell's the coach and they can keep that continuity it's got a little bit of a Ference Big Ten West vibe where it's just like, hey, that's your schedule, and you play the teams in front of you, and you can find a way to beat them type deal. And I, I really like where they're headed. And these these newcomers continue to struggle. You mentioned the BYU loss. I mean, they're, they're all at the bottom. I think the, all four teams are in the bottom five of the Big 12. By week, then at Baylor, a game that – you kind of feel the same way about going into that Cincinnati game. You've you've got a shot. Then you've got Kansas at home. Kansas, I think they're pretty good. They're good they offense. Just, Their defense they just sucks. Dropped another game. And at BYU, beatable. Home against Texas at K State. Those are the two toughest games on the schedule the rest of the way, and they're the last two games of the season, which I think is good with this extremely young team. Because Iowa State just continues to get better as things go along. Yeah, and the Kansas State team, they're rolling out a true freshman quarterback right now who looks to be kind of turning that thing around. So that'll be a juggernaut down there on on Saturday, the 25th Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, All right, let's do that, and then we'll we'll circle back around to these – to these teams and talk a little more. I want to hear more about Seattle as well. Maddie, we'll let you go. Bigger, better, <clears throat> older. Oh, oh Maddie you can't Van pick Wick. Brock Purdy this week. You're going that direction. I, I thought know. Matt was going to go. I want Brock Purdy for what he accomplished. Hey, he did not lose in that game in the end. <laughs> freaking kicker. Make a hey, freaking hey, kick. Calm down, man. You're all overmodulated when you when you do sorry, that. Sorry. Hey, Hassel, I'll, I'll, I'll back uh, a week from today, Maddie and I, we're going to uh, oh, Monday baby. Night Football together. What? Who's playing? Vikings 49ers next week. Oh, wow. Okay. Maddie and I are making the road trip up there. It's gonna be his, it's gonna be on. His nipples are gonna be just rock hard <laughs> the entire game. And then the Niners have a bye week that next week, and Brock Purdy's gonna be at Iowa State Homecoming, so I'll Jesus. be even be even closer oh to him. Oh my god. Alright, so so it looks like you're going with the crossover yeah, at Kinnick, man. Yeah. How how cool was that? I, I didn't really know what to expect watching on TV, but I saw it come on, and man, it was a cool spectacle. I mean, I didn't know how many people they'd actually get to the game, uh, but 
it was almost full in Kinnick. It was unbelievable. It was really cool. What they what they announced the total at fifty five thousand six forty six. Yeah, yeah, pretty that's cool, man. Cool. Pretty cool. You're uh, you're still coming in hot there, Van Wake. You're a little overmodulated. I, I know you're fired up about Purdy getting his ass kicked, but it tur- just turn it down just a touch. Uh, okay. Um, what do you think I, of this hassle? I, I agree. It 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 was it was awesome um, to see this. This is kind of what I envisioned uh, when mm-hmm. we started getting word that they were selling out each each uh, section by section by section. It I think. Had they moved the court to the middle of the field, maybe mm-hmm. they would have gotten even more fans there. But it, yeah. look, it turned out to be a great day weather-wise. That was the big concern, and just an awesome scene. I, I, I do think that is someone taking a piss in the background. Sorry, that's the water behind me. <laughs> Are you pissing into a bottle in the background? Yes. yes. Um. <laughs> God. I'm in an unfinished basement, so you can hear some sounds. What the hell is going on? It's probably my wife flushing the toilet. I do think that... Flushing the placenta. It... (laughs) I do think it being on an NFL Sunday, um, it was overshadowed a little bit. And I do think... This should have been on like a Tuesday night. Yeah, but then... like. I, do you want to do it? Do you want to risk doing it at night? I think it was it was better to do during the day. You, you might not get as many fans if you do it at night during the week. And it, also what Nebraska did with the volleyball thing uh, a month or so ago, I think that also cut into the national exposure a little bit. I mean, I, I think if not for that, this would have gotten a lot more national play. But still, it, awesome. I mean, just a plus. They did. They, they did it right. Fans showed up, and Clark. It. She, she did. She. She comes in. She puts up a triple double. Awesome. Just the photos that we're getting a look at here. Alone yeah, it's beautiful. Are iconic. You've got goalposts in the background. Like, I, I was actually thinking about this. The weather forecast was terrible. Unlike Thursday, I bet you there were some nervous folks at Iowa City. Yeah, because all came I mean, to. It, Pulling this if thing you off. were going to have to put that inside, everything changes. Oh. Yeah, it, I wonder what. Actually, I should text some people. To just, I'd be curious to see what their what their backup plan was because I, I legit thought like that this thing might get rained on. But it, well, the it, backup plan was just to go inside Carver. That was it. Was that it? Did we yeah. know that? Oh, okay. I yeah, I think so. That. And the cool part too was that Clark stayed after and signed autographs she's for kids for like two hours. I think she's like, the best. She's, and as me, for as many bad decisions as the Iowa athletic departments made, this is gold, man. They they nailed it on this one. So it just does my mic good. sound better, by the way? Does that sound it does. Better? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't hear it. the I don't hear the person pissing in the background yeah, anymore. Either. Sorry about that. Uh, Hassel, uh, your Kelderman Manufacturing bigger, better Boulder. Uh, I I've got to go with <laughs> the Browns defense, brother. I mean, what seriously, look. I'm doing this partially just because of Van Wink just want, wants yeah, to that, be pretty. Yeah, that every field week. goal defense was amazing. Yeah, I know it, they were still a good a good field goal kicker away from losing the game. Well, Jake Moody was perfect on the season up until yeah, that. He missed so. two field goals and kind of a chip shot there that would have won the game. But I don't even want to hear about it. Van Winkle's all crying yesterday about oh I'm so he, mad. Uh, try being a Vikings fan, you freaking loser. It, okay, <laughs> you beat. I don't even want to. You hear won it. yesterday. 
against they, the Bears. Anybody could beat the Bears. They yeah, got the Bears they, they made they made Brock Purdy look pedestrian. And I, I, I get it. He lost his his top players. No McCaffrey, no Debo at the end of that game. But they kept the ball out of George Kittle's hands. They harassed Purdy. And it, a little bit like Iowa, like the defense had to do everything. Deshaun Watson didn't play. The, the, the offense for the Browns couldn't really do anything. They needed to be great on defense. And I, I think that might be the best defense in the league. I really do. That's why we're going to get a lot of overreaction this week from national pundits about, see, this Brock Purdy, take Christian McCaffrey away, and this is the Brock Purdy you get. He looked look like Mac Jones. It's one game, and that might be the best defense in the NFL he was playing against. On the road, not great weather. So I think let's pump the brakes on I'm getting all kinds of texts from my dad. Like, oh, Brock Purdy, see, this is terrible. There was a pretty good meme, though, that he sent. Feasting on this. This guy lost one game. There's a meme that he sent. Where are the Jalen Hurts text? He had a bad day yesterday. He sent Brock Purdy when Christian McCaffrey doesn't take his one-yard passes for 50-yard touchdowns. And it's, uh, it's McConnell just frozen. Just, just frozen. <laughs> Doesn't know what to do. Oh, all right. Uh, Kelderman.com. Remember the Kelderman corn reel, down corn reel if you're out there. Probably, um, hey, shout out to Maddie Van Winks and Amber Alexander. We had our first tornado warning since I saw Amber, that. And we had a ton of viewers. It was, it was fun to see her, her up going live with that. Yes, that's exactly what we've had. This thing, like vision in our head, especially with snow, kids, you know, school, all that stuff coming up. So that was a great job out of you guys. But I actually thought of it because there's a lot of farmers up there yeah. north of Ames that probably need the Kelderman down corn reel. And they're probably calling Kelderman Manufacturing in Oskaloosa. That tornado warning was right northeast of us. So I could have just gone out and done a live report, I guess. So my buddy, Chad Winterbore, who yeah. is a channel seedsman. Mm-hmm. He texted me that photo that I sent to you and Amber of he Hassel, I don't know if you saw it. He was sitting in his combine on Friday afternoon and he took a picture of a tornado in the field. This is just right up by like Wild. Huxley. In October yeah. in Iowa. Yeah. It's Iowa weather, man. Yeah, you know, what what what's it gonna take to get a tornado that goes into your neighborhood and just fucking destroys that goddamn Amish glider that is sitting out in front of Bloom's house. How about, did you see, I got an anonymous text from somebody who said Bloom left all weekend. He was gone. Where, where, where was he? Cincinnati for the Iowa State game? Yeah, he went to Cincinnati. Left yeah. the glider in his front yard unattended and no one took it. This this is a what? How, what are they charging for this thing? $5,000? I think, I think it's on it, sale it start, for two thousand. No, it started at two thousand. I think they've taken it down to like fifteen hundred. Look at that thing! It looks like it's made out of plastic. No, it's not. It's that Amish composite wood stuff. Amish really plastic. Stuff. Wait a second. You're wait. Did they get to you? No, I'm just. It's it's really high quality material. It's just the color that's the problem. Oh, I think it's more than just the color. <laughs> I mean, the color is the biggest problem. But that's not the only problem. Like, what are you going to do with this? Like, this you're going to spend 
$2,000 on something that's going to go where? Where is that going to go? You right you're going to put Bloom's that inside house. your house. Yeah, you put it down on your porch. I think someone got to you. Did the Amish get to you? No, the Amish didn't get to me. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, it's, it's cheese curds. Caleb, Caleb goes, I mean, look at those high-quality cup holders. That's what I was looking at. But pull up that picture again. What? What, what is this cup holder? That's for your beer. Look at that thing. That, that, looks, that looks rickety as hell. Uh, cheese curd says, blink twice if the Amish mob is in your house, Williams. <laughs> I think they got to you. I really do. Nobody got I, to me. You're you're defending you. it for the I'm first not time. Defending anything. Just, you're like, well, it's really, it's actually really high quality. Amish. Chris, <laughs> Chris signed an nil deal with the Amish. So <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you think this is all just a joke? Because Bloom, no, I can Blooms assure you, it's still, not. It's not. Brent and his wife Crystal are just constantly tweeting about it. It's got to be a joke, right? I don't think it is. But yes, they're leaning into it. That's for sure. The We Will Collect. I I want the... Uh, you know what? I'd take the uh, Eric Heft one. The What's that? Eric Heft autographing it. The Signature Series. I'd take an so, Eric Heft Amish bench. How many of these things are there? Well, I think they're custom made. Like they're... So like, I think they're made like only if you order it. I honestly don't know. We just need what? to bring Brent on the show and ask questions about it. I, so if someone is finally like, you know what, I'm going to help you out. I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to give you two thousand, but I'll give you like five hundred bucks. I'll have one right now. And Bloom's like, okay, I'll let them know to start making it, huh? Yeah, yeah it'll I, be about I don't th- know three the or four months. To that. So A if it's time- custom made, can't you then say, okay, I don't want the the McDonald's colors. I want it in a different color. I don't think your dad realizes that he's mocking Jack Trice in the chat. See, this is why, because he says, he asked the question, what the hell does we will mean? Yeah, it's a it's a nod to Jack Trice. Yeah, this is why we can't have our dads host yeah. a show, because they're going to get us canceled. Correct. And your, yeah. your dad had a funny <laughs> response to one of my posts over the weekend i said it's like he was he was trying to like pat you on the back and say great job son but he also wanted to give you shit and it just didn't make any sense because i posted something about what a great day it was i got to call an instant classic between top 10 teams in seattle washington and oregon and it's a picture of me and the crowd storming in the background and then i put on the end of it and iowa beat wisconsin and your dad, I think your dad thought I was saying that the Iowa-Wisconsin game was an instant oh, classic. Uh, I see. Okay. And he's I didn't like, pick that up. I thought he was referencing your game, and I'm like, what? Okay, now that makes way more sense. Yeah, there it is. He says, what, what does he say? I, I am truly very happy for your fun day, period. You did great, exclamation point. But honestly, how can you call that a classic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had to have. Okay, that makes way more sense now. My mom was down at the lake all weekend, and my dad was just, I'm pretty sure my dad was just sitting at home 
just drinking bush light by himself. So, yeah, he, oh. it was yeah good. Like it was a rough weekend for your mom's cocks. They blew a oh big lead God. against Florida. What are they like? One two of my and five of the week. Me and Mike Palm narrowed it in because we do this podcast together later in the week where we. You know, we come up with picks that we both like, and then we feel like that should give us a better chance to win. And that was both of our favorite play this week with South Carolina over Florida. It was Jeez. looking good most of the game until the yeah. end. Man, disaster. Brutal. All right, I want to thank our sponsor of the month, our partner of the month here on Two Guys Named Chris in Iowa Everywhere. It's Terraplex Ag, your trusted partner for adding new technologies to your farming operation. They do drones. How sick would it be? I want a drone so bad i would just go out and raise so much hell with these things but that's not what these agriculture drones are for they can do like spraying uh, so you, get, you don't really need a crop duster with these guys they can take a look at crops they are the leader in drone technology for farmers on this side of the mississippi it's really cool so appreciate them coming on board terraplex ag uh Advanced technology, expert advice, next level productivity, terraplexag.com. I'm going to give you their phone number too. It's 515-729-2263. Can you give me that and again? I, I didn't have a pen. What is it? You're going to give them a call? What? What's the number? 515-729-2263. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks. He's going to hire Terraplex to fly a drone over Bloom's house. I can just give you the CEO's bench. number hassle. You could just, just text him if you want, you if you're going to go and buy Take that thing, fly it over the uh, Amish glider, and spray paint it a different color. So how was uh, Seattle? Oh, my God. I mean, you were hardly there, though. Like, I was a little... I know, did you schedule to get there that late? Yeah, because it was... there. Were, there's only one direct flight a day from Fort Lauderdale, and it's at night. It's so I left at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Friday night, landed at 10 Pacific in Seattle, and just went right to bed. Got up, went to the stadium. But man, I said it was that that place had always been on my bucket list from watching games there in the 90s on TV to playing the college football video game. I was, I was always Wisconsin or uh, uh, Washington because I loved the, the scenery at that stadium. And it is unbelievable. You got dubs, the Husky down on the field. Beautiful, beautiful Did you dog. see the tailgating boats? Yes. You can see that kind of in this video here. Mm-hmm. As I pan off to the right, the boats are off there on the right, uh, sailgating in, in the water. And that's the, that's the view from, from our booth. I mean, it, it is... It, it is incredible. What what I love the most about that stadium is you talk about fans being on top of you. This is it. When you're down there on the field, a lot of stadiums, like the Big House, for instance, at Michigan, it, it just it just goes out gradually. Everything goes out, and they're not on top of you. They're a long way away. This stadium, it's built right on top of you, and that overhang on both sides, the overhang comes out almost to the edge of the field. And then you've got the crowd noise that is just vibrating off of the overhang down onto the field. That's why it's one of the toughest and loudest places to play. And that place, 
rocks, literally. When there are big third down plays, Mm -hmm. the place is shaking. I mean, our booth was shaking on these big downs and big plays. It was awesome. Did um, I, I, I get? Did you get to like walk around much? Like I, I, what I was wondering because I know where it's at in Seattle. Are there like tailgate lots and stuff there? Or yeah, there's that... a lot of tailgating around the stadium on the back end of the stadium. Okay, yeah. uh, I didn't because I'm like that you. Picture, this has always a been a bucket list for me. Is this number one it's, for you? This is number one. Yeah, it's wow. it's it's I my number one had been the horseshoe at Columbus for the last fifteen years, and this this takes the cake. Wow. It, it it was awesome, and really funny moment down on the field before the game. I'm I'm down there walking the the sidelines, and I get a tap on my shoulder, and I look, and it's Colin Cowherd who I'd never met before. He goes, Hey, what are you doing here? I said, Hey, I'm calling the game for, for Learfield. He goes, well, well, I didn't know you did play by play. Love your stuff, man. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if he thought I was someone else. That's awesome, dude. He listens to two Wait. guys named Chris. I love it. Yeah. I think that, yeah, he's a big fan. Is of he the watching program. right now? Hey, what's up? Heard <laughs> big fan of the program. Yeah. He, he was there. I think he was hanging out with Joel McHale and, uh, he, uh, I was, what? It, cause it, it was, cause it took me like a split second to realize is it what is that Colin Cowherd? Like I overlapped with him at ESPN, but I I never saw him because he was always working in the mornings. I was always working at night. Is he in Bristol? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. when I was I there, maybe he was, he was based somewhere else. No, he was there. Didn't he and, start on like cold pizza with Michelle Beadle? Uh, I don't know if it was Sports they Nation. Did that sports, sports Nation. Nation. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But so that so that was cool and. That's Everything awesome. was top notch except for the food. Okay. They had Starbucks coffee. Everything's beautiful. And the food was just a little boxed sandwich. Like a lot of oh. these places, most of the places, they'll have like a big spread. I think Iowa State does that, right? There's a big spread yeah. up in the press box. It's yep. usually, yep. you know, they, they, they bring it out, trays, and you go in, and all the fat asses just, just go up there four or five and times and they take eat shits and cookies. That, there's one stall. <laughs> For all but, these stinky sports writers to poop. <laughs> but then the game lived up to the hype. And so I had the Iowa game up in front of me on my laptop as I'm calling the the Washington-Oregon game, which is just back and forth and back and forth and touchdown, 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 touchdown. And every time I would look down at commercial break at the Iowa-Wisconsin game, it's 0-0, 0-0, 0-0, 7-0, 7-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> zero, zero. Yeah. Zero, zero. Seven zero, seven zero. The juxtaposition of those games, like one of the highest oh. totals of the weekend, up up close to seventy points, and they they what, what they they almost it's, hit it right on. It was sixty nine was the total because it was thirty six thirty three. It's what I, it's yeah, what I love was. about the sport. At, at this point in the game, this picture where I because the these games started at roughly the exact same time. It's it's Iowa Wisconsin zero zero. And at that same point in the game, there had just been five straight alternating touchdowns back and forth between these two 
great teams. These are two of the best offenses in the country. And it was just funny. Like I felt like I was, I hadn't missed anything. And then there was a timeout. Somebody called a timeout and it was at that exact moment. I looked down on my computer and that's when he, that's when he bust one. The one play I needed to see, I got to see. <laughs> you saw it, baby. Iowa, uh, Minnesota, we, we pr- grazed over this. The, the total opened for next week. What do y'all, uh, for Floyd, right? That, that's, this is one of your 15. Well, you're acting games. like you don't know what the trophy is for yes, Iowa. The, I knew it was the pig. What, what do you got? What What is it that you well, guys you, play Well, you've for? admitted you don't even view Minnesota as a rival, so why do you care? 31 and a I, half. I really don't. I really, I, yeah. I just don't. I, I don't. I think you call it a rival, but I just don't consider it a good rivalry because Minnesota's always just sucked. It's just not, it's not competitive, so. 31 and a half is the total where it opened. Again, the... The sharp betters have come in on the over. It's up to thirty-two now at our, with our friends at Circus Sports. <laughs> I, it does go to point out, um, you know, we know what Iowa's going to do, but God, when these totals are so low, it's just like, well, you better break a run, or you better, <laughs> right? Because you're going to be in these thirteen to six, thirteen yeah. to ten type games the rest of. But you're all used to that. Like it's it's. It's kind of what you guys do. Do you think though? I I really wanted to ask you about this. We didn't we didn't have the time earlier. Because Iowa fan, it's like you didn't do anything different on Saturday, right? Like this, the same shit. Like you beat a team by. I mean, what do you have? Thirty seven passing yards. It, it, it was the same deal. Special teams, defense, whatever. But the tone seems so different now. Well, because now of it's who like they beat. we're. This is because of who they beat. Like the big question that I have. So if you do that next week against Minnesota, will people be mad again? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm going to be 100% positive for this week. No promises down the road. So if they win next week, um, seven to three, you'll be mad again? I I don't know. It's going to depend how it looks, man. I I don't know. What I do know is this, that here's the difference. We weren't sure how close Iowa was to that next level of Big Ten team where we looked at Wisconsin as like the fourth best Big Ten team. We know where Iowa stands with Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, but where do they stand with Wisconsin? We thought Wisconsin was a rung above and that this had the potential. It, look, it was, it was a double-digit spread. We thought Wisconsin was I thought better. Wisconsin would kill him. Honest to God, yeah, I did. I, mean, I was I couldn't have read the game more wrong. I was dead wrong. Yeah, I mean I I've been reading both these teams wrong for the last two weeks. I think I'm yep. old for the last four picks I've had. And I'm happy. I keep picking against these teams and they keep winning. The the difference is they beat Wisconsin. And this is why I say Wisconsin is a much more important game for Iowa and a bigger rival than a Minnesota. Because it it's just it's different. Like it doesn't matter how it looks if it's against Wisconsin. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that Deacon Hill was six for fourteen for thirty seven yards. They won the game at Wisconsin. That's why the tone is different this week. I'm just saying you're not doing anything different. This is the exact same thing that they've been doing, and now you're all are happy. What what do you expect? No, I'm glad you are. I, I, this is what I told you guys to do two, three weeks ago. Just embrace it. That's who you are. 
And now, okay, where are we at with the with the um, the Brian Ferentz tracker? Oh my it, god! To me, to me, it feels like this is no longer really a thing locally. Like it's no. not a big thing locally. It Nobody's still is nationally. It. Like there, there are still people doing the hot seat watch and all that nationally. They're still doing it weekly things. And he's so far behind the the, the ball now. There's no way they're going to get there. But it doesn't matter. It's it's not going no, it to matter. Doesn't matter because if they go eleven and one or ten and two, and Kirk Ferentz wants to come back, he's going to make sure Brian comes I, back too. I think and Drew Brian too, will get a new contract. I agree somewhat with what Drew's saying. He says all the injuries are going to save his job. I don't necessarily know if it will like technically save his job, but I think that. Like if, if if I'm an Iowa fan going into the rest of these games, you you have to realize with all these guys that are out, specifically the two tight ends, it's like this is the only way we're going to win games. But and just be happy with. Do it. you really think it was going to be any different? No. Maybe if Mac preseason stays we thought healthy, so. Huh? You know, preseason we thought it might. Yes, preseason. Yes, but as soon as McNamara got hurt and, and you could see what he was going to be this entire year. I think all that went out the window. But now you take the two tight ends out. It's like, yeah. That's why. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a Wisconsin fan, I'm just furious that they couldn't find a way to bottle up Iowa's run game. Me too. And that's where you should be really happy if you're an Iowa fan that you were able to. What they run for two hundred? I don't know the exact close, total. It was close they, they, to whatever it was. They yeah. were having. Success. I mean, it wasn't just that one run. I mean, that was obviously the big play. That's what that's what turned this game into what it became. But they they still had success after that. I mean, that was eighty two yards. They still ran for over a hundred yards outside of that. So we got to talking at the end of the show last week. We did the whole chili thing about the skyline chili versus the Christ um, cinnamon rolls and. And all that good stuff. So, one of our uh, channel seedsmen sent me a link, and, and for some reason, this guy—I don't know if he looked up placenta chili, what, or, or if he—I don't know what he looked up, but he sent me this link, and I just sent it to you, Van Winkle. You got it now. Uh, this woman, she saved her placenta. <laughs> After giving birth, and go ahead and scroll down so everybody can what? see it. If you're if you got a weak stomach, you may want to look away. But she took her placenta and she chopped it up <laughs> into like steak, and she made chili with it. She made chili and burritos with her placenta because, again, it was because of the chili <laughs> conversation that. You were going crazy with on social media. So this woman made chili placenta. Well, clearly not an Iowan because I don't see a (laughs) cinnamon roll with it. Yeah, what would go with a chili placenta meal? Hmm. This, I think this is... Maybe a placenta cake? I don't know. (laughs) What is this? It looks a like placenta cake. Pie. My wife was telling me about this this week. Oh, my God. It's not actually placenta, but it's the name of the cake. It's like a layered, <laughs> it's like a layered cake with cheese and honey. 
So it's not, there's no placenta in this cake. Why would no. they call it placenta cake? Because it's shaped like a placenta. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Yeah, placenta cake with the placenta chili. There you go. Oh, Lord. I get, stop showing the cut up placenta. <laughs> Jesus. That is so, what is wrong with people? What, what, what are you, what are we doing? It, it helps with menopause, apparently, according to that, whoever sent you let's, that. Let's set aside the pills. placenta for a second. What, what are people doing with cinnamon rolls and chili? Seriously. Like, all I know is the entire state of Iowa ate it this weekend based on our Twitter feeds. Because I, how many pictures of chili and cinnamon rolls did you get in your feed? A lot, a lot. And there were, there were lunches at schools with, so here's, Here's what I don't get. So when I originally responded, it was a Cyclone Larry post. And it was about, uh, you know, Iowa chili versus the the noodle chili that they have over there. And it was a picture of a cinnamon roll in, in the chili. The cinnamon roll was inside the chili. That's what I responded to. Like, what the hell is that? And and so 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 then people are oh, you having a cinnamon roll and chili? Well, <laughs> I, I'm fine if you want to have cinnamon roll like as the dessert after a meal of chili, but people are were acting like this is something that goes in the chili and you eat it at the same time. What is it? Grant wants to know if we want to have our placenta chili with breast milk. Oh my god. I tried to move us on. I, even I am grossed out now by this. By Good, this. maybe we can end this. <laughs> hey, placenta guy. Yeah, I thought coward when you saw you was going to be like, hey, yeah. how about that placenta? Yeah, right. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, love the placenta talk, man. You just don't get that on a lot of shows. How about John Miller? He sent us the last two Ugh. comments on, uh, I don't know what it was, uh, Apple reviews. And one of them was, love the show and all the placenta talk. I just wish there was more. And then the next comment was, love the show, just wish they wouldn't talk as much about placenta. Both five-star reviews, though. We appreciate it. Go and leave us a review. Anything you got, we appreciate it. So answer, it. answer this, Williams. Okay. When you're talking about cinnamon rolls and chili... I don't put it in the chili, no. Do you eat it at the same time as the chili? Yeah, yeah. What? But I don't I don't physically put the cinnamon roll inside the bowl of but chili. But you take no. a bite of chili and then you take a bite of cinnamon roll and yeah, then you go time back to, time. to the chili? I prefer to wait and, and use the cinnamon rolls like dessert, but I, I have yeah, done see, it. See, that's the other no way. problem with that. You can but, but the, Grant dips that's it. not how it was presented to me. It was presented like it was part of the chili. Like they had to go together. Gus says, just try it, man. Just try I, it. I will not try it. Uh, real quick, let's get let's go on the record here. Everybody's what? feeling English good. English says pork chops and applesauce? Oh. That's an old uh, Brady Bunch deal. Oh, God. That sounds terrible. Applesauce is horrible. Are you going Iowa 11 and 1? Hmm. No. I'm not. I, feel like I, I they am have to slip with, up once with, with, with this victory because I I had him nine and three before the season. Yeah, 
And I stuck with that. I, I've been saying nine and three all along. But I had them losing this game going into the year. I, I had yeah. this as a loss. Mm-hmm. Now that they won, I will go ten and two. I, I think they. I think there. Someone's going to get them. Uh, and Nebraska would be the most likely. I think. Someone. I, can you win every game this way? Can you win eleven games in the season do. playing this way? It's hard to. I do. don't know. I but I think I, it's possible. I think Iowa it's possible State, they go eleven and one. Are we at six and six, or you're all the way up to seven and five potentially? Jeez, you're jumping all the way to that, huh? Um, well, I mean, they're at four and three now. I think they win two of their next three. I don't necessarily know who they win. I, I mean, I'm going to put them down for losses in the final two games. Look at think- Iowa's schedule, by the way. They don't have a, a true road game again until the last week of the season at Nebraska because that Northwestern right. game is is basically Crazy. neutral at Wrigley Field. Yep. Jeez. Go back to Iowa State real quick, Maddie. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to go to seven. I don't. I'm not. I think I'm going to go six and six. I think they win two of three, and I, I don't necessarily know who the two are against. Yeah. I I feel pretty good about. I, I feel pretty good about at home against Kansas. Kansas is, doesn't play defense, but man, their offense is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, their second string quarterback had almost 500 yards last week. Man, how brutal yeah, would it be if it came to go into a bowl game, came down to at Kansas State the last I, game of the year? Don't hold your breath, man. Like Iowa State just doesn't play well there, and that's a hard place to. They're they're gonna get better. I'm telling you, this this new quarterback of theirs is legit. The Will Howard years are done. He's toast. Well, we appreciate all of you watching. We had another record live audience. Feels like what? that's happening about every Monday now. Yeah, according to Van Winkle, right? That was. Man. Massive audience today. Love well, it. Another record? For live, yeah. I'm glad we <laughs> oh, can yeah. show them the Van Wink in our show. private chat goes, record live audience, and now they're all throwing up. <laughs> God. You know what you're getting at this point, right? I mean, don't you? Yeah, you, you know what you're getting with, with Iowa, and you know what you're getting with us. Uh, uh, Bradley says, if Iowa goes 11-1... Where do they end in the standings at the end of the year? Well, they'll be on top of the like, West. Is he talking about the rankings? Oh, the rankings? Yeah. I, Kelderman gonna... asked me that on Saturday night. He's like, if I was like 9-1, 10-1, where would they be ranked at that point? I was like, that's a good question. because I, the, I think the, out of the all teams? the Power 5 teams, they would be the lowest of the one-loss teams. I mean, I... I think that's no doubt because you have the one, you would have the one game against a ranked team where they got their asses handed to them, and all the other wins against unranked. They're finally into the AP top twenty-five at number twenty-four, behind one loss, two lane. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think eleven and one. You're at. You're you're definitely. If you finish the season eleven and one, you're obviously in the top ten. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know that you're in. I don't think that you're knocking on the door of the top five with this schedule. We'll be back on Thursday. Appreciate all of you watching, listening on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa Everywhere.